Welcome to the Sunday evening service at Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia, where the Bible is opened and explained. Christians are encouraged and Christ is lifted up. Thank you for joining us and may your hearts be blessed as God's word is taught. And now, enjoy this message from Pastor Lauren Regeer. And it's good to see each one of you tonight. Take your Bibles, 2 Thessalonians Chapter 2, it's on the screen behind me if you need a reminder of where we're headed. Second Thessalonians, it takes a little while sometimes to find First and Second Thessalonians in the New Testament. I'll give you that hint. The title, of course, we're talking in the evening services about prophecy hiding in plain sight. I want to finish a thought that we started a couple of weeks ago about the mystery of iniquity. What is that and how does it inform and really influence our world today? We've... Um, established a few things last time we met. That we established that uh, the, the Thessalonians were confused. Someone had forged a letter in Paul's hand uh, to this troubled bunch of folks and said that this is the end of the world as we know it. And they were very concerned because they were going through a tremendous time of persecution, thought they'd missed the rapture, and that God's judgment was being poured out upon them. Looked at a few verses in chapter and chapter 2, and we're going to read those again, beginning in verse 1, just to set again in our minds the context. Chapter 2 of Second Thessalonians, beginning verse 1, Now we beseech you, so we beg you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. That is, the coming, to, the coming of the rapture, then the ingathering, of course, the church. They will be reclaimed, called up, raptured away, and then the tribulation. That you be soon, not be soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that as that the day of the Lord is at hand or here upon us now he says it's not true let no man deceive you by any means that for that day shall not come and he mentions some signs here that will precede the coming end time day of judgment upon the earth the unbelievers there's going to be a falling away first and then that man of sin shall be revealed who is that the Antichrist, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is an occurrence that's happened somewhere around the middle of the tribulation. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? I'm just reviewing for you, uh, so that you won't be worried. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For, and this is our kind of where we left it last time, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume. The end of the tribulation, the spirit of his mouth, and, how, and he shall destroy the brightness of his coming, even him. Uh, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Let's stop there, but just to remind you that uh, Paul has already addressed this topic with the church and tried to comfort them. In fact, if you can think of a verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that might have brought to them comfort of mind, what would it be? 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and let's look at it, verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to this end time day of the Lord wrath, but he has appointed us to obtain what? Salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Comfort, therefore, one another with these words. So we look at 
verse 4 of 2 Thessalonians chapter, uh, chapter 1, you see that uh, these words, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which are a, they're a sign, a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Now Paul is making it very plain that the church will not go unscathed in, in, into the time of the rapture. There will be, of course, we all through tribulation and much affliction must enter the kingdom. Paul had reminded them that the church will be purified and is not exempt from tribulation. And, and beloved, I want to tell you something. As the day grows increasingly dark, as one preacher put, gloriously dark, the church will go through more and more persecution. We've been exempted, I think, from much of the persecution that's going on around the world because of, our, of course, our traditions here, our background, our forefathers, our constitution. God has blessed America in terms of the ability the church has to meet together like we're meeting tonight without the intrusion of evil forces around it. But make no mistake, I think things are going to get more and more difficult as the days progress. And I'm talking to the generation that will follow mine. Who knows, it may ratchet up even the next few days, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at perhaps some young men and ladies that will be called to give their life for what you believe. It's just, um, uh, we had, had a meeting recently with some politicians, and we're looking, and I'm going to show some slides tonight about how the mystery of iniquity is already unveiling himself, and, uh, and he is hiding in plain sight. We'll just take a look again at uh, this wonderful text, and the, the key verse we're looking at tonight is found in chapter 2 and verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. We know, uh, of course, that this is a, not a person, and when the Bible uses the word mystery, it's simply uh, not something like a puzzle that cannot be figured out. It simply means uh, something that has not yet been fully revealed. It's hidden in the past and is now being revealed or will be fully exposed. So this mystery of iniquity is a growing a groundswell of evil that will continue to, to flourish until the end of the tribulation. That's the mystery of iniquity. And it will be fully exposed, of course, in the regime of the Antichrist, the devil, the false prophet, in the tribulational period. Now let me ask you a question. You've been pretty quiet so far. Is the church ever, ever going to face the condemnation of God? Yes or no? Now we will be judged. Where? Where will we be judged? At the Bema seat, right? Where God will judge us according to our works. And some will be saved as so as by fire the skin of their teeth, but God will judge us as wise stewards. And that will take place, we believe, in heaven. But will the church ever face the, what's found in Romans chapter 8, the katakrino, the anti, uh, the, the condemnation of God on sinners? No. God has covered our sin, we stand uh, atone, complete, and the word is justified. He's taken the handwriting that was against us, and he's nailed it to the cross, and praise God, we bear it no more. 
He's covered that for us. The church will never be condemned for its sin. Now we'll certainly be disciplined for it in this life, and there may be a loss of reward for it in heaven. If we continue in sin, God may take us home early, and the church will be purified. Uh, but we will never come under the condemn, condemnatory judgment of God. But God is sharpening His sword and getting it ready for those that oppose God, nations that oppose God, people that oppose God, and those will come to full exposure at the end of the tribulation. And, 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 and Paul has mentioned there's three or four or five signs that really will be the precursors to that day of the Lord. Can you find them as you look at chapter 2? Well, we mentioned these last time we met, that they will not come except there's a falling away. There will be a, a, a drifting away from moral, morality, God's law, God Himself, and that will be fully expressed in the last seven years called the tribulation. And the man of sin will be revealed, the Antichrist, the son of perdition, a word we've, we mentioned last time is also used for Judas who opposeth this Antichrist and exalts himself, so he will, be, he will be manifest. He will be known to the world. He will coalesce the nations around him, starting with a few, gaining steam, and finally he will gain the approval of the Jews, sign a contract with, sit on the very throne of God in the temple in Jerusalem, uh, just telling the world, speaking big things about himself, showing himself that he is God. He said, I, Paul says, I, I told you those things, and yet I told you also that uh, the church will not go through this time, this period of great tribulation and condemnation, judgment upon those that hate the Lord. But he says this, there's another sign in verse 6, and ye now know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. We talked about what that meant. Sometimes a little confusing. That's language we may not use today. But we mentioned, does this mean that the church that is absent, we believe, in the tribulational period, is that the thing that withholds this, this uh, flow of evil in the world that's growing? and grow? Is that what's, what, what is meant by that verse? No. We, we mentioned that even the church today, although it's a barrier and it's a moral presence in the world, cannot fully restrain the flow of sin. So the Spirit of God Himself will withdraw His hand that impedes, the, and like a broken dam, all this evil will be fully known, and the devil who's been just waiting for his hour to come will be fully known during the tribulation period, and especially the last three and a half years of the tribulation, it will be a time where unless God Himself intervened and brought back His hand, to stop those who are ungodly, no flesh would survive. Now let me ask you a question. What is the purpose of the devil? Why is he, what does is, what is the Bible state about three of his purpose? He's come to steal, to what else? To kill and to destroy. You see if I can get this clicker to work for us. He's come to, to do these things and he's never changed yet. It started in the garden, right? The mystery of iniquity doth already work. We see that in chapter 2, verse 7. And in the garden, this ideal place, he shows up and already he's bringing a message that's what? Counter to the message of God. And Eve was not prepared. She had never heard a voice except for God's. And when the serpent, the shining one, came in 
and began to say, began to put these thoughts of doubt in, in Eve's mind. She had never, she, she was really deceived. Well, we know, since it's been some 6,000 years plus later, we as believers understand the devices of the devil. Did you know you don't have to look far in politics and government and, and uh, even in the church, religious scene today, and science and the field of sports and education to see him. Although he's hiding, he's, he's losing his disguise as the days get darker. And the, the Bible tells us to be careful as believers because he can gain an advantage in our hearts even though we know him. We are not ignorant of his devices. I've brought some slides tonight that might um, be a little bit of a wake-up to us. I know that to most of you it won't be, but how the devil, the mystery, this spirit of evil that emanates from the devil himself is already pervasive in our world. I don't think I have to tell you. It started in the garden, and it's just growing. It's growing. It's everywhere. And it will continue to abound. There are a few preachers uh, that believe that uh, the next election cycle, uh, some man of right, because it's been so bad for these last couple of years, that uh, folks in America will wake up and smell the coffee and vote for the most moral choice and that there will be a revival and that some, that's called the kind of the dominion theory that, uh, that there's going to be this wave of revival and reform and that the church is going to usher in this utopian period of time at the end of the age. That was kind of the Puritan mindset. But we know that evil days shall wax and evil men shall wax worse and worse until the coming of Christ and this mystery of iniquity uh, that is known will just get worse and worse. Uh, in a perfect world, Eve didn't expect to hear a voice that countered God's, but we ought to be able to expect it and see it. The wiser you are, the more you can help yourself and help your children and those around you to be on guard. Uh, I grew up as a missionary kid in Brazil. I've told you that many times, and no surprise to you, but as I would go to bed at night, not far from our home, in the, in the jungle, in the woods around our house, we would hear... What is uh, and I can in my mind I can still hear the sound because we didn't hear much of uh, of anything else, other instruments that were there. But I can remember the the steady drumbeat that went on for hours as demon possessed men would just simply beat the drums all night. And we heard this as little children. That's what the sound we went to bed with. And then sometimes as we'd be walking through the jungle, we see these little sites where these. Uh, the Macumberus would, would meet and they would dance and they would sacrifice little animals and they have little fetishes there and uh, little fires and candles, kind of like you see here. And we, When I grew up, uh, my dad had to face a demon-possessed woman and it shook him so badly. He told a story when he came back home after that meeting. I knew and I know that the devil is real. In where we were, uh, he... he he was evidenced. This is kind of a kind of a witchcraft uh, cult that comes from islands like Haiti and other places, and uh, they they migrated to Brazil and and there's this spiritism that is now even invading some of the churches, a syncretism. But uh, so I knew we expected to see the devil uh, in witchcraft and cults. We we just knew from little children that the devil was real. Uh, 
the Bible says he walks about as a what? A roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, it would be one thing a few years ago, I think Taylor was here at that time, a circus or something was coming by and one of their um, trailers opened up and a, a Siberian tiger got loose right here off of exit, what was it, 221, 218 maybe, not far from us, and boy did that hit the news. The devil doesn't necessarily dress up like this. And when he roars in our culture, we don't necessarily, oh, if it was the sound of a of a, a tiger or a lion roaring, we would certainly say, stay away from that. But he's better at disguising himself than that. He's often disguised as an angel of light, pleasure. He comes after us. This mystery of iniquity comes after us and pervades our culture and even our hearts in ways that we're often not prepared for. Um, if he dressed up like a like this little, you know, like a like an evil spirit with a pitchfork dressed in red, we would recognize him immediately and warn those against him. But rarely does he do that. Now, I want to tell you something. We are living in a culture in a day and age in which he is taking off his disguises. And you and I are living, I think, pressed up against the last days of what we know that the age of grace before the trumpet will sound. And the church will be lifted up in a way, and this final time where the day of the judgment will conclude it will begin. And we knew that Lucifer, because of the Bible, was a master musician in heaven. It doesn't surprise me that he's tried to corrupt the music, and he has. Many concerts, you see this little symbol or sign, and some of these perhaps concert goers don't know what that sign means, but two horns of the goat or the, uh, or the ox or the bull, symbolizing Satan himself. You see this often at rock concerts, people raising their hands. And we know that he loves Hollywood and the entertainment culture. We expected that. Now, I don't know if he has a star on that walk, but he should uh, because of how closely tied the entertainment business to promoting his wicked ways. Now, I want to tell you something. I know that we uh, like to laugh. The devil doesn't mind it when we laugh at him and treat him lightly. He doesn't. There's been some funny movies uh, that really belittle or make light of uh, some of these witches and wizards and genies and all the dark side, and we just kind of shrug our shoulders and laugh along. He doesn't care if we laugh our way through some of this. Hollywood promotes a view of the devil that's not very harmful in certain ways, uh, and some of it's very, very funny. But just because he's funny, is he less dangerous? Is he less harmful for us? Or intrigue, special effects, make us almost want to be in a place where the dark side and the occult practiced, and even our children get on board sometimes with these movies that are so popular. And then, almost in a slapstick, cartoonish way, he will... Uh, the devil loves to loves entertainment in Hollywood, and we kind of treat the devil as if he's a either a non-entity or a cartoonish figure that really doesn't care for destroying our soul. Am I saying that all these little flicks and all these little videos are wrong and evil? I'm just warning you that the mystery of iniquity is abounding. 
and he's going to take over every area and every venue until finally he is worshipped worldwide. He's softening, he's conditioning our hearts uh, to love him. That's why he came, to be worshipped. That's why he penetrated the garden. And what about when Satan hides behind beauty and seduction and sexual enticements? Is he any less dangerous? He knows exactly how to get near our hearts, doesn't he? And he will do whatever he can to divide our attention and our love from the one that ought to have it, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, <laughs> we expect him to see at work, him at work at politics and religion. And this sign, I don't know if the Pope knows what he's doing. Well, we know he doesn't. But uh, here he is raising this sign that, again, is a sign of the bull or the goat. Uh, a sign owned, really, or representative of the devil himself. And I don't know that, that these men were trying to promote um, Satan worship by doing this, but we know that he's at work in these arenas. What about our own White House? Not too long ago, our White House celebrated gay marriage. You know that that's counter to the, you don't, you do know that that's counter to the Bible and God's plan and design for marriage. Our own White House lit up in colors of the rainbow, which again is a perversion of the original design of the rainbow. Inclusiveness, diversity, and love for those that even practice immoral abominations. Our own White House covered with this. Can God's judgment be far from us, be far away? And why does the devil love international or large community, community ceremonies? Why do you suppose, how come it is, that he loves large gatherings, especially international gatherings. Think about it. Well, one day, he's going to appear on that stage, right? And he will, he will bring together the nations. He will be a big talker, speaking high-sounding words against God. And he will claim he is God himself. He loves when nations come together. And he seizes on those opportunities. The Olympics 2012... Uh, wizard Lord Voldemort, Mort. I don't even know how to say that. <laughs> Part of the opening ceremonies, this huge dark figure, and he's looming over these hundreds of children in hospital beds. Now, I know the connection there in London with this author, but I got to think, what in the world? What in the world does that have to do with sport? We ask the question, what's going on? That's weird. Uh, anybody nudge anybody? At the, that's, that's just weird. That's odd. Opening um, of this large tunnel, one of the long, longest in the world, recently built in Switzerland, and it was a full-on occult service. It had nothing to do with transportation. Uh, it was uh, built to transport people, uh, largely underground, but the ceremony was nothing more than a demonic Ritual. Do you scratch your head and say, what in the world is going on? The answer, by now in the service you should know, the mystery of iniquity is already at work. The word for at work is an energy that's moving, it's working. The devil is trying to capture every realm that you can imagine and gain control over it. What does a goat have to do with the transportation tunnel? I've already hinted at that, how strange that is, how strange it was. 
The goat has long been a symbol for satanic worship. You see that pentagram on his head. The devil loves to be seen in this figure. The goat, of course, a symbol of just like the ox or the bull of fertility. Now, here's one that this went right past me, and I would have not even, because I didn't pay attention to this particular event, sporting event. Commonwealth is kind of London, or excuse me, England's idea of a, a kind of a, a mini Olympics and Commonwealth Games uh, celebrated in Birmingham, England, uh, included a giant bull. Now, you know, that could simply be a, a giant bull. But at the end of the stadium, opposing the bull was a pyramid with a, an eye that lit up at top, and, and that, that became fairly obvious. Well, as the ceremony continued, uh, we saw that the dance. Oh, we didn't see this, but I understand the dancers came in and they welcomed the bull into the arena. See their symbol of, again, that sign of the bull? And that became pretty uh, obvious as to what they're doing. National flags were raised around the bull. If you can see that very well in the picture, but these are flags at the bottom. And then a woman is raised to sit above the bull. What happened, to, as I understand it, as I read about it, is these little shards of light uh, fell, from, fell from above, fell from, as it were, heaven. Just like the demons were cast out of heaven, these shards of light fell to the dancers and those who were surrounding the bull, representing all the nations. And this uh, lady was the one who was raised above this bull to sit on, on the bull's shoulders. And the dancers raised their lights to the bull, and then they all uh, lowered themselves in a position of worship around the bull. And you're thinking, this is, this is odd for a sporting ceremony. And of course, there were thinly veiled comparisons or illustrations or connections to the bull in Birmingham and this and that. But as you look at it, you wonder, what does a 35-foot bull have to do with a sports competition? This uh, woman in Revelation chapter 17, who rides on the beast, is really a picture of what? She's a picture of the end-time church, uh, which will seduce and bring many to perdition. She will be the seductress of the end time. She will be she is representative of the false apostate church in the tribulation. I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of the names of blasphemy. Well, there's a hint why that bull was pulled in there and why they uh, pretended to worship him. False worship has long been tied to the image of Baal, or the bull was a symbol of strength and fertility. It got Israel in big time trouble. And in fact, they would uh, sacrifice in the arms of Moloch and other idols with bullhorns, their own children in the flames. And just to, I, you say, Pastor, you're making a big deal out of nothing. These could be coincidences. I'm telling you, the mystery of iniquity is on the rise. Here you see this uh, same event, sporting event. You see three pyramids in the logo. and You see these two men to the side. And you're beginning to see more of this and more, especially among celebrities and musicians and and artists who raised this as a symbol, and we have not seen that uh, a long time ago so much as it is now. What does that mean? <laughs> What's that all about? You say, Pastor, don't try to find a devil behind every bush and gesture, but what's the deal with celebrities and triangles? Well, again, my message tonight is about the mystery of iniquity that doth work. 
we're beginning to see, and this is not my words, I looked this up and this is their statement, and I know we can find a lot of hocus pocus in whatever is the Illuminati, it's a loosely tied group that simply is about globalism and raising global awareness and bringing global togetherness as their focus. And you're beginning to see that, that triangle. I think, where in the world, where in the world does that come from? Now, if somebody in the foyer makes the sign of a triangle, I'm not going to kick you out of church, all right? But let me just let you know that um, it's not new. Here's Gloria Stein. I think it's, she's a avowed feminist. And it's just interesting to me how uh, the liberals can double, double speak, right? She said in a quote, if outlawing guns could just save the life of one child, we should destroy it. And look at her t-shirt. I had an abortion. They don't make sense. I want to tell you uh, that in, in our meeting on Thursday, we had a young lady who is a conservative blogger, a proponent of conservative values, Allie Stuckey, and she said something that st- stuck with me, no pun intended. She said that ungodliness makes you stupid. That's putting it truly where it is, isn't it? And, and what does Romans say? We begin with unthankfulness. And then finally that list goes on in Romans chapter 1 where we do not want to regard or retain um, God in our minds. And so God does what? He gives us over to a broken, a reprobate mindset that can no longer understand or appreciate truth. And that's why she would say it's okay to kill a baby, but let's not go crazy with guns. Let's outlaw guns, but it's okay to kill Baby, 63 million babies killed. The knife of abortionists. I'm telling you, we are the generation where the mystery of iniquity is on the rise. And lawlessness abounds. And people can't understand between good and evil. Why would a man be allowed to swim on a lady's uh, swim team? It's just incredible. And why aren't universities saying, hold it. That's just not, that's not right. Hello, but we're the culture that is just taking this in through the gills. The mystery of iniquity is all around us. And there's the hint, Genesis, there's the triangle for you, the original one. They built a tower to try to get to the heavens and and, uh, become gods. And this was the conduit of the transit zone between heaven and earth. And they wanted to exclude the real living God. Let us build for ourselves a city and a tower and make for ourselves a name, Genesis chapter 11. So these are some things I just wanted to mention. And I wanted to wrap up tonight by just tying up these principles together. And to go back to our text, we've already known, Paul has said, the day of the Lord is not here yet. Why? The signs uh, of uh, the end time or the day of the Lord, the end time tribulation, have not been fully come together. In other words, the rapture of the church could 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 appear at any time, could happen at any time, but those days that really precede the final moment where God destroys mankind with the lightning from His mouth, the sword from His mouth, have not yet come. And we talked about those signs are mentioned for us. Again, I don't need to remind you, they're falling away. Of course, the son of perdition revealed And then, of course, the mystery of iniquity will find its fullest expression in those days. Can you imagine, with the church gone and the Holy Spirit restraining His hand, how man will just 
uh, will just kill, basically they will be self-destroyed and God too will bring cataclysmic judgments on the earth during those days. The wicked, then the mystery, verse 8, shall be fully expressed. The mystery shall be fully expressed. And this man of sin be revealed, whom the Lord, verse 8, shall consume, amen, with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now listen, that final group of folks that remain for the final lightning bolt of God, the day of the Lord, are not those that have perhaps misunderstood the gospel. There would be the amazing witness of 144,000 that will pervade the earth The gospel will be told, and those who remain uh, for that last judgment will be those who are not willing to respond to the love of the truth that they might be saved. So for this cause, God sends them a strong delusion. They no longer, delusion continues to grow and finds its ultimate climax at the end of the tribulation. These are men that can, and ladies that can no longer think the way God intended. There's no chance for conviction to, dwell, or to, to, to well up in their hearts because they have rejected. Yes, many will be saved before this final day, uh, but this, this will be a time where there will be complete unbelief throughout the world. And for this cause, God sends them a strong delusion that they believe a lie, And here's the damnation spoken of in the outline behind me. The damnation of the lost then is sure that they they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. This is why I warn parents, even though there's some cute little movies out perhaps where there's the dark side expressed, you be careful that your children don't see the devil as some cartoonish character that doesn't have a design for the souls of your children. Um, Just as God has a divine nature... That's sweet and loving, so the devil has a, a nature too, not divine, but a nature that wants to kill, destroy, and he will do it by laughter, or he will do it by the, the dark side, and he'll do whatever, he, whatever tool he's necessary to, dis, to deceive us, even as the elect. Then, verse 13, we're bound, here's where it ends, and I'm glad Paul comes back to an encouraging note, and we'll end on this. These wonderful verses, beginning verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you. And this is the doctrine of the security of the believer. It settles us, the doctrine of grace that God had in mind before you loved Him, before you knew Him. God loved you and had a design for your life. And He had a design for the Thessalonians. They believed that the day of the Lord has come, that God had turned His mind about them and He was going to destroy them ultimately. And he's, he's reminding them, secure, settling them, that God has a plan that, that started not last week, but in eternity past, and will continue. The God who saves will keep you all the way to the end. He has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit, belief of the truth. He's called you by our gospel of grace to, to, obtain the glor- to the obtaining of the glory, the glor- ultimate glorification of the of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast, knowing that God loves you, knowing that God won't lose you, knowing that you are His and secure in Him, that no one can pluck you out of His hand, that He has a plan for you that is enduring and eternal, knowing that you can endure the tribulation, Thessalonians, that are upon you, that is upon you. 
stand fast, and hold the traditions. Those are, that word traditions in our text tonight means those things which are handed down to you. Those things that came from the trusted prophets before you, psalmists, patriarchs. These are the things you've got to hold on to. And then the word which we delivered by inspiration, by revelation, and our epistle, the written word. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us a part-time temporal, no, hath given us everlasting consolation. And good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, and establish, settle you in every good word and work. Amen and amen. Father, we thank you tonight for this reminder that you're on the throne and even the devil is controlled by God. There's no greater power than you. Lord, often we are shaken, we're caused to, to be worried about the the influx of the flow that we see growing. In the schools, you've been excused from education. And our colleges are teaching us wrong for right and excusing the truth of the word and prayer. And our politicians are actually promoting things like abortion. And Lord, we as a church are heavy hearted. We know that iniquity and the tide of it is on the rise. But we know also the final word you have written that you will return for your church and you will destroy the wicked ones. And then you have for us an eternal future plan in the eternal state known as heaven. And we're excited about this plan. So Lord, help us to be firm, even through times of tribulation and persecution, knowing that your plan is sealed and settled, that you will not lose us or your grip on us uh, for all of eternity. Thank you for the great plan of God. May these things Uh, that we've read tonight, settle our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please tune in each week for new messages from Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you.